Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come. We ask you to speak. We ask you to do a work in deep places. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about a topic that um, we'll probably never quite get away from here at Christ Center, that we're always going to come back to because it's so dear to our hearts, and, and that's the topic of identity. I want to talk about an identity crisis. Started identity crisis, started a very long time ago when some builders decided that they would link arms and do something amazing. People think of this story in Genesis, the Tower of Babel, as, uh, as if these guys were literally trying to reach heaven. That's probably not the case. This was a, the, the kind of construction they did uh, with a, a ziggurat. There are temples that would go around and go high, and it was in a, in a wide river valley where the Tigris and Euphrates were, and so uh, you know, very flat, and you could see for, for a long ways away. And uh, so they decide to build one of these really, really high, and here's what they say. Here's their rational, here's their rallying point. As they're going around, they're doing fundraising, you know, they're going around to all the different restaurants and getting donations and all these things. And, and what they put on the forum is this, with big, you know, in, in, in double bold text, not Comic Sans, mind you, a very serious, it's like a copper plate font, what it said, this, here's what it said. It said this, let us make a name for ourselves. Yes, and so people sign up and they get all excited. Well, that didn't turn out too well, but we're not telling that story. Let us make a name for ourselves. And I feel like we're, we might be more of a Babel generation than they were. Because everywhere around us, there's the desire and the temptation and the drive and all these things to make a name for ourselves. And now we're in a bit of a crisis. We look for identity in all different ways. One of the ways we look for our identity is we look at ourselves, examining our own selves, and we go, okay, how am I different? I don't, if I'm going to build a temple after all, I don't want it to be a run-of-the-mill temple. I want it to be awesome. I want everyone to know. If I'm going to build a life I want everyone to know about me. I, want, I don't want to be forgotten. I, I want to know something awesome to put on my name tag. So we do that first by looking at ourselves. And, and it's this age-old question, the simplest, most complicated question that many of us have to, to wrestle through. And that's this question, who am I? Now, fortunately, if you're asking that question, this is a great time to ask it. Because nowadays, there's an entire multi-billion dollar industry to help you answer that question. <laughs> there are more self-help books and personality tests than we could begin to imagine. Pardon me while I take a drink of this delicious latte from the G Paradigm Cafe. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So... So we've got all kind. we have endless information, and some of this is great, okay? Don't get me wrong. I've taken a whole lot of personality tests and profiles and gifts assessments and all these things, and they can be very helpful. Um, I just think it might be a little over the top. I mean, nowadays you can walk in and say, hello, my name is Jason, INTP. 
I'm a D, a high D. I'm a lion, otter, golden retriever, mole, Tasmanian devil. And I, <laughs> I have the love languages of hugs and cookies. I, <laughs> my strengths are futuristic, empathetic, uh, and a whole bunch of other awesome things. Don't you want to hire me? Don't you want to hang out with me? Super fun, all those things. And we can take all those things and go, this is who I am. I'm not all those things, by the way. I don't know. Some of that might be a little bit made up. <laughs> but here's the thing. We can look at all of them, and, and ultimately it doesn't tell us very much at the end of the day. All we have are test results. And it might make you feel a little bit better and actually might help you. It really might. But if you put too much stock in them, it can actually be extremely harmful. So, what do you do? Well, if you still don't know who you are, fortunately, like I say, you're in luck because we live in an incredible time when we have this amazing invention. If anyone still doesn't know who they are, they can take a Zimbio quiz. <laughs> Some of you don't know what Zimbio quizzes are. And, um, well, you're probably better off for it. <laughs> Let me give you an example. Now, they're all in good fun. All in good fun. Here's an example. You are Han Solo because you just took a test saying, which Star Wars character are you? Now hang with me. I know this is frivolous. Just hang with me. I'm going somewhere with this. You are Han Solo after you take this test and it says this is who you are. You are sharp, resourceful, independent. You're a shady smuggler whose hidden cargo includes a heart of gold. Whoa, who writes these? Okay, here we go. People tend to be drawn by your charisma. Winning one-liners and your big furry friend. I have a big furry friend. His name's Paul. Where's, there you go, furry friend right there. This wasn't my test result, but I, that part's true. You may be an opportunistic scoundrel, but you like that just fine. Hmm. So here's the thing. All over social media, people will take quizzes like this, and they're all in good fun. They really are. And many of you take these quizzes. And, uh, and, and really, it's, it's just all in good fun. I do, however, think that all of this industry and all of this, these little fun things that pop up here can end up actually warping us just a little bit. I mean, th there's no end to this stuff, guys. You can, you can find out, you can take a quiz that says, what color are you? And they don't mean like skin tone. They mean like, are you magenta or seafoam? Or like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I thought about making up a quiz that said, what article are you? Are you A, N, or V? You know, <laughs> like, you're the, you're definite, and you don't care which consonant comes in the next word. Good for you. <laughs> so it's all silliness. It's pure silliness. But here's the thing. It doesn't say which Star Wars character are you like. It says, which character are you? And to me, this is just a little bit uncomfortable because it speaks directly to the obvious burning desire within us to get a label. And I don't understand. I thought we didn't like labels. But suddenly everyone's going, who am I? And so they, you know, we joke around, we take little, play little games like this or whatever. And it is, it's all in good fun. But sometimes there's something to these things that makes you go, I wish I was like Han Solo. <laughs> I wouldn't bend to inter intergalactic bounty hunters. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I want to be charismatic like that too. I want to be, I want to be bold. All these things.
It's speaking directly to identity. I think we have a problem in our culture. Do you see what I'm saying? I think we have a problem. And as one who's wrestled through this issue for a lot of years, not whether I was Han Solo, but the, the general issues of identity for years, I really believe there's, there, there's, there's a problem here. You see, um, looking at, uh, uh, for our identity by examining ourselves is a failed strategy, guys. It's a failed strategy to say, who am I, and to look inward. You're not going to find it there. You're not going to find it by comparing yourself to fictional characters either. You're not even going to find it by taking, you know, well-researched tests about what kind of person you are. That's a different question. It's good to find out how you operate, but to then take that answer and say, this is who I am, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with taking adjectives when people say, you're good at this. You have a strength here and going, well then, this is who I am. There's a problem with all of this. Even if your gifting turns out to be an awesome thing, even if it turns out to be a vocation, it's a failed strategy. You're not your preferences. Now, I understand the desire to stand out. I understand the desire to be unique, to be original. I understand those desires. But those things are not going to lead you to identity. You know those things are going to change, too. That's a fascinating thing. But those things will change. All the things you think you know about yourself probably will change. Has anyone seen this in your own life? Can I give you an example? I'll give you an example from my own life. I took all kinds of quizzes and tests and all these things. And one of the things that always came out in my early adult life was that I was a, an extreme extrovert. Now, some of you know me, and you know I'm not an extreme extrovert. <laughs> actually, actually kind of like being by myself or being with, like, smaller, like, it's funny how life just changes, and suddenly your personality is way different. So if my identity was rooted in the fact that I was ENTP on my Myers-Briggs test, then my whole, life, my whole world's crumbled because that's not me anymore. Now what do I do? Well, now i got to take another test. I'll stand the test of time this time. You're going to change. You know what? Your, your, your skills are going to change. And your passions even are going to change. I swear, 10 years ago, I would have never thought that I had a passion for working in the local church. I would have never thought that I had a passion for doing anything but traveling all over the place and trying to get people to go to world missions. I would have never had a remote inkling that I would care about special needs and families of kids with special needs. Never had any kind of idea that would happen. But as we go through life, all the, those descriptors about us, all of our passions and skills, all those things are morphing as we go. And you know what? That's supposed to be that way. So if you look for who you are, internally, you're going to come up short. You're going to come up confused. You're going to come up always feeling like you don't know yourself. Mr. Lewis, yeah, Mr. Lewis said this, and we've been studying mere Christianity in our home group, and um, we got very excited. Well, I got very excited by the last chapter of this book because it spoke directly to this um, the, uh, uh, the fact that much of the things we look for for identity are fake. Look what Mr. Lewis says. He says, they're, essentially, they're fake anyway. The more we get what we now call ourselves out of the way, and hang with me, this is a bit of a long quote, but hang with me. The more we get what we now call ourselves out of the way, the more truly ourselves we become. There is so much of Christ that millions and millions of little Christs, all different, will still be too few to express him fully. 
He made them all. He invented, as an author invents characters in a novel, all the different men that you and I were intended to be. In that sense, our real selves are waiting for us in him. It is no good trying to be myself without him. The more I resist him and try to live on my own, the more I become dominated by my own heredity and upbringing and surroundings and natural desires. In fact, what I so proudly call myself becomes merely the meeting place for trains of events which I never started and which I cannot stop. What I call my wishes become merely the desires thrown up by my physical organism or pumped into me by men's thoughts or even suggested to me by devils. I am not, in my natural state, nearly so much of a person as I like to believe. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give myself up to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. Yeah. There are no real personalities anywhere else. Until you have given up yourself to him, you will not have a real self. Sameness is to be found most among the most natural men, not among those who surrender to Christ. How monotonously alike are all the great tyrants and conquerors who have been. How gloriously different are the saints. Yes. And I think about this. And you start to examine, even that last sentence, you start to examine all the self-styled supermen, as Mugridge would say, the self-titled supermen who have tried to go, go out and conquer the world and have ended up looking exactly alike. You can't tell the difference between a Mussolini, a Hitler, a Pol Pot, a Chairman Mao. You can't tell the difference. They're all the same. They're all so full of themselves. They're all so full of pride and hatred and power. And they're all so afraid. They're terrified of losing power. So they kill those around him who even side glance out of their eyes. And how different are the saints? The most interesting people I know are the most godly. Some of them are in this room. Some of you guys are as weird as can be, I'll tell you. You're just freaky weird. And I love that about you. I love that about you, that you can be so incredibly different that you all look like him. <laughs> and it's when we, when we start trying to be different that we start all looking the same. Think of all the, the intentional subcultures that you've seen. Think of the punk culture in the 80s. Think of the goth style in the 90s and up to today. Think of all these different subcultures that people desperately want to get into because they just want to find identity. And in the midst, they end up losing themselves and, and looking exactly like everyone else. Another place we find ourselves looking for identity is in our affiliations. We can look inside or sometimes we can look outside and say, this is who I am. I am a part of this particular group. I see this happening more and more lately uh, all around, and it, a lot of times it's, it's just things we like, a lot of times it's things about us, and, and what ends up happening is you can attach that thing, that preference, that, uh, that hobby sometimes, or, uh, you know, that, that uh, wiring, whatever it is. And, and, and as soon as you say, this is who I am, suddenly the thing becomes way bigger probably than it was intended to be, because then you've attached that thing to your identity. And then any kind of change that would be required there is uh, inherently offensive. And so I think, this, I think there's immediate uh, concerns here. Um, 
I'll give you one random example just because this is a part of my life. One a very interesting thing to see, and this doesn't uh, have anything to do with, with, with some of that, but it, it, one thing I see a lot in, in dealing with uh, uh, the online uh, autism parent community is many times you'll, you'll have this debate on whether to use the word autistic or with autism. Is that person autistic or are they a person with autism? And, and I thought for sure the way to go would be to say a person with autism because I thought, well, you don't, I mean, but now it's like sort of the, the tables have like really uh, been turned here and things are reversed and now it can be very offensive to say with autism because they say, I'm autistic, that's who I am, I'm a part of that community. And so then suddenly it's all about that thing. It's all about the community and I understand that because people desperately want to find identity with other people. So sometimes it will be um, uh, choices, sometimes it'll be uh, um, ideas, sometimes it'll be wiring like that. But you guys, I'm telling you, I think there's a concern here. It's not a bad thing to be in groups, obviously. It's not a bad thing to be identified with groups. I don't even care about that particular word debate. I really don't. Depends who I'm talking to because I don't want to offend them. But I don't care about that. We, we have affiliations, and that's a good thing. The bad thing is when we start to define ourselves based on them. Do you hear me? Here's what happens. Let me show you what happens. That's what happens. Can <laughs> I see that again? Was that not just brilliant animation, and you're like, why are you not making feature films right now? Here we go. Ready? Oh, no. No. Back. 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 Here we go. Ready? Huh? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Do you see the problem? You see the problem? Suddenly you've got, this is my community. This is where I belong. This is, more, this is my identity. This is where I'm found. And then you've got another group that says, this is where I'm from. This is my community. This is the way I think. And then guess what? You've got a whole bunch of little communities that don't interact. You've got a whole bunch of communities that are constantly offended by the other community. You have a whole bunch of communities that are, that are suddenly suspicious of the other one. You know where I see this most? Politics. Right? Come on. Come on. Now, I was raised in the very, very conservative Bible Belt South. Now I come to Oregon. It's a little bit different here. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Now, here is what I thought growing up. I thought I had all the answers, man. I thought that I was just, man, I've got all this, ABC, and I've got it all lined up, and it's so obvious. Why don't you people see it? What should you do? And I, I start meeting other people who love Jesus and think differently than me. And they, in some ways, sometimes look a whole lot more like Jesus than I do. And before, it would burn me up inside to be thinking about even like being friends with a person that I was different with ideologically, politically. Like, I, I, I don't even know if I can be friends with that. How could you possibly believe A, B, C, and D? You guys, this is a problem. This is a problem. Because here's the thing. I was in the us bubble. I didn't want to, like, invite anything else. I'm so sick. This Honestly, I'm at the point I hate politics, guys. Forgive me. I know, I know a lot of us are super involved, and I want us to be involved. I don't want us to shy away. I'm just telling you the way that I feel about it viscerally because of this kind of nonsense we need each other the body of christ we need one another and we need the different particular passions that are in different groups i'm not asking us to be homogenous i'm not saying throw out what you think politically please hear me i still have opinions 
we're supposed to have opinions, we're supposed to vote, all those things. Please don't mishear me. But this, I'm tired of people finding so much identity in the political realm that they don't even know how to be friends with someone who, who voted the opposite way that they did. That is not supposed to be the body of Christ. Here's what I think Paul would say to us if he walked in into this kind of situation. Because, well, he did. I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, Apollos, are you not carnal? You see, they had those very things. Here's Paul's disciples over here. Here's Apollos' disciples over here. And they're coming at each other going, well, wait a second, you're wrong on that. And they're going, no, you're wrong on that. And suddenly they're not even interacting. He says, I thought we're all of Christ. What's your problem? We're going to have opinions. But when you set your identity in these things, you necessarily shut out others who are supposed to speak into your life and whose life you're supposed to speak into and you're supposed to be brothers and sisters with. This can happen in all sorts of different ways. This was just my personal example because I saw the ugliness in my own heart. Searching for identity and affiliations will lead to strife and dissension. Please hear me. We'll have groups. We'll have different opinions. We'll have different passions. That's a good thing. Don't put your name tag based on those things, though. Do you hear me? Okay. So we're not going to get, like, calls this week that says, Pastor Jason says we shouldn't be involved in politics, right? Not gonna, okay, that's good. <laughs> Where then do we turn? If we can't look inside of ourselves, guys, if we can't look inside of ourselves and find identity, if we can't look inside, uh, or, you know, define ourselves by these groups we're in, where do we look? Well, I kind of think we look at him. We follow his lead. Paul says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of a God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Think about that. He made himself of no reputation. And he was the eternal prince of heaven. That's a reputation that would be pretty awesome to have. But he makes himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming to the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also has uh, highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. No reputation. He humbled himself. He put everyone else before him, literally the whole world. He didn't seek a name for himself because he already knew he was the son of God. He did what his father did. He did what his father told him to do. And he saved the world because of it. You see, he wasn't looking for a name. He was simply looking to be obedient. He was simply looking to do the things that his father did. And what a difference that makes. I suggest to you it can be the same with you and I. Back to Mr. Lewis. The principle runs all through all life from top to bottom. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death. Death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have 
uh, not given away, it will be really yours. Nothing in you that does not die will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him, and with him, everything else thrown in. Lose your life to find it. Give up your identity to find him. You see, here's the thing, guys. In the end, we find ourselves in him. You are a son. You are a daughter of the most high king, of the emperor of the cosmos. He is your dad. You're not going to find a name tag that's more important than that. You have been redeemed and adopted by him. If we look to him, if we behold that man, if we remember what he did, if we ask for his will in our life, if we submit ourselves to that, you're not going to have to worry about identity. You're not going to have to worry about originality. You're going to be so excited at the things you're doing with your dad, you don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Who wants to go there? I want to go there. Let's stand up. Anybody want to get free of that whole searching for identity thing? Anybody? If you do, let's just come forward if you do, and we're just going to pray. Paul, can you come? Seriously, if you've struggled with, like, searching for identity and this whole thing, I want you to come forward, and we're going to pray. And if you want prayer for anything else, the prayer servant team is going to be up here. So in the meantime, let's pray, can we? Lord Jesus, we want to find ourselves in you. And I ask that you would come and you do business with our hearts right now, Lord Jesus. I ask that you would help us to be humble, to humble ourselves in your sight. And we trust that you'll lift us up in time and we don't need to worry about that. So Lord Jesus, we ask for humility, an extra dose of humility because we need it. I need it. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. And we invite you now to have your way in our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. Feel free to stay in worship.